Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, recording on Tuesday, April the 18th at 8.45 a.m. Central Time. Getting a little early start today because I can. Uh, Where do we want to start? Let's start with, we'll get into your questions here in a second. Uh, probably lo- longer than a second figure uh, speech, but uh, wanted to start. Iowa football picked up a couple of commitments uh, this past weekend. Uh, the first was from Xavier Williams, a running back from St. John, Indiana, Lake Central High School, uh, visited here last month. Uh, also reported offers from most of the Mac schools. Did not have a Power Five offer beyond that. He is uh, listed at six foot two twenty five, so a big back. Uh, that's kind of what Iowa was looking for in this class, kind of a power type back, and he certainly fits that mold. Uh, I would um, recommend checking out his highlights. He's got hi- highlights on Huddle. Um, he is kind of looks like you would expect a 6'5", 225-pound running back to look like he's he's more power than speed. Uh, run, rushed for 1451 uh, last year, 6.5 yards per carry with 13 touchdowns in 10 games. Uh, had seven receptions and uh, threw a pass for 42 yards. Um, in terms of rankings, uh, 247 has him as the 69th best running back nationally in 2024 and the number 13 player overall in the state of Indiana for the cycle. Uh, He had not yet had a rating on on three or rivals at the time that I uh, wrote my story, uh, which I believe was on Saturday, April 15th. Uh, A day later, uh, Iowa adds another running back, this one much closer to home. Uh, Brevin Dahl, running back from Adele ADM High School, also reported scholarship offers from Army, Iowa State, Kansas State, Minnesota, Oklahoma State, and Purdue, among others. Uh, he was on campus earlier this month, uh, had a full-day uh, unofficial visit to campus, and uh, that pretty much locked things up for the Hawkeyes. He grew up a Hawkeye fan, went to games, uh, was pretty – I think once Iowa offered, and Iowa was not his first offer, uh, it was the leader in the clubhouse and then closed. Uh, let's see here. 247 ranked. Uh, let's see. Where does 247 have him ranked? Uh, on three and 247 uh, see him as a three-star. On three shows him as the 37th best running back nationally in 24 and the number three player overall in Iowa for the cycle 247 has him seventh in the state so a little bit of a variance there between those two scouting services he became the ninth known verbal uh after Williams on Saturday Dahl became the ninth known verbal commitment in the 2024 class for Iowa which at the time of Dahl's commitment Iowa was ranked number 17 nationally 
in two in the two four seven sports rankings real early on in the rankings. He is a very fast runner. He ran uh uh sophomore last spring, ran the hundred and ten point seven four, the two hundred and twenty one eight nine, and the four hundred and fifty one point one seven. He is the two time defending class three A two hundred champion in the state. So he won it as a freshman and sophomore, could go four Pete in the two hundred. Uh, we'll see. He's off to a good start in track again this season. And uh, we got Drake coming up and then obviously the state meet at the end of May. So a couple good additions there for Iowa. I would think that does it for running back. Um, that meant, that probably means uh, Bondurant for our standout. Titus Cram is not going to be a Hawkeye unless they take three running backs and or see him at another position and he sees himself at another position. So it looks like the two running backs, rare that you take more than two, especially when you have uh, a pretty good stable already on campus. And uh, But it's it's college football in 2023 and there's transfer portal and turnover. So you know, it's real early. Uh, we don't get to signing day, the first signing day till the end of December and, uh, plenty of time between now and then. Just a quick rundown of the 24 class so far to get you guys up to speed. Cody Fox, offensive lineman from Winthrop, uh, Winthrop, Iowa, East Buchanan. He was the first commitment in this class. Uh, Derek Weiskopf, a linebacker from Williamsburg. Cam Buffington, linebacker from Winfield Mount Union. Preston Rees, a linebacker from Monticello. James Reeser, uh, quarterback from Jack and Jacksonville Bishop Kenny, uh, the same school that sent Iowa Mike Mislinski, the center, who I believe is a third-year sophomore. Josh Janowski, an offensive lineman from Lincoln Way East in Tinley Park, Illinois. Drew Campbell, younger brother of Jack Campbell, defensive lineman from Cedar Falls. And then the aforementioned Xavier Williams uh, from St. John, Indiana, Lake Central. And Brevin Dahl from Adele, ADM. So those are your nine current as we uh, are recording this on Tuesday, April the 18th at 8.50 a.m. That is your current 2024 Iowa recruiting class. Um in terms of basketball recruiting, um, the tra- and I should mention on the 15th, which was April, uh, there's a transfer portal open right now, window till the end of this month. So we're going to see activity here. Probably by the time you listen to this podcast, we will have information, a commitment, who knows. Uh, but I know Iowa football is out and uh, saw – some of the coaches following receivers and defensive backs. Um, interesting there. I was a little thin at cornerback, and we can talk about that a little bit more on the hot spot. I've been working on some spring, post-spring uh, position analysis and got to cornerback yesterday and was surprised by how uh, the depth uh, is lacking at that position and uh, have have had some attrition and uh, a lot of young guys involved there. But I think Iowa is okay, but you also need to – they could get a, a decent transfer portal cornerback. Um, might not be a bad idea for depth and for competition purposes. Um, but right, receiver is certainly the biggest position of need in this transfer portal period for Iowa, and we'll see. Um, looked at the portal yesterday, some good names in there. Um, but – there aren't a lot of names in there, which means the competition for schools and programs that need wide receivers, it's going to be stiff. And it, Iowa's going to have to come with some juice. Uh, and by juice, I mean NIL money uh, and be able to close and convince these guys that they're coming into an offense that will get them the football. And that uh, that's a challenge right now based on, the past. You're selling uh, hope at this point to a wide receiver. Uh, where else do we want to go here? Uh, basketball. BJ Mack is on his official visit. He is a transfer forward from Wofford. Uh, also uh, visiting uh, 
some SEC schools in addition to Iowa, but he is currently on his official visit at Iowa. Try to reach out to him when he's done and wraps that up. But uh, I will talk more about him in a few minutes. I had a uh, a uh, mailbag question on him, so I will save that for his question. Um, uh, ben Crick is uh, signed. Iowa basketball announced that. So the leading scorer in the Valley from Valparaiso is in the fold for Iowa for next season, 6-10-2-20, listed at, originally from Canada. Uh, He's been a good player in the Valley. We'll see if he can make that jump up, a la Philip Rebracha from mid-major to high-major. So there is that baseball big series this weekend. Nebraska comes to town, Iowa, a game under 500 in Big Ten play. Nebraska leads the way at 7-2 and two right now in conference play. Huge series for Iowa at home. Got to get at least two. A sweep would be ideal. Cannot go 1-2 and two at home against Nebraska with hopes of winning the Big Ten championship and furthering developing your resume uh, for an NCAA bid. Um, spring. Open practice this weekend, Saturday morning, 1045 start at Kinnick Stadium. I believe gates open at 945 for all the particulars. Check out HawkeyeSports.com and go to the football section and you will be able to find uh, um, the details on the open practice. It usually runs a couple of hours. Um, Parking is free. Uh, all over and around the stadium. So uh, depending on when you get there, will depend on what type of parking spot you get. But uh, there's plenty of parking uh, if you go all the way back to Carver and the dental lot. And that way, that you'll you'll be able to find parking uh, over there. Uh, but the earlier, the better, obviously. And uh, not sure if they're having an autograph session, but check all that out. Oh, I know they do that at Kids Day in August. I'm not sure if they're doing autographs tomorrow, but check that out on HawkeyeSports.com if there's any activities involved. They're uh, folded in to the um, spring practice, open spring practice. Supposed to be a little chilly, so check the weather forecast as well for that. Coffee sip time. Ah, that's a good cup this morning. All right, let's hop into your questions here. I think that's enough with the uh, pregame festivities. Uh, We'll go back here to Jacobra Cat, also known as Drake Timbers, from April the 16th, which was Sunday. Imagine if the Supreme Court had recognized college athletes as employees in the Alston decision regarding NIL. How would the world be different today without locker rooms where athletes are compensated on a scale from zero to a million? Yeah, it's it's just been so screwed up. The NCAA screwed this up so bad, um, you know, and continues to just step on itself, you know, in court with, you know, trying to get governmental help on NIL with its student athletes, it's embarrassment really um, to not be able to um, manage, regulate, uh, come in, come have a, have a relationship with your student athletes and develop a, a plan and a system that's fair for everybody. Now it's just, you know, Fran McCaffrey mentioned, you know, a billionaire supporting uh, a program. I don't know which program he was referring to. I'm sure some of you guys do. I don't follow it that closely uh, who the sugar daddies are, sugar mommies are for college sports. But it's just a reality now. You need support for your collectives. You need to be able to compete in the NIL market for uh college athletes in the portal, particularly the revenue sports of men's basketball and football. Uh, And we'll see that here for the remainder of this, this portal window, which goes to the end of this month. And then when it opens again, um, the portal windows, as they open, you'll see kind of, I think 
with each passing portal window, you'll see more development because everybody's looking for an angle, right? Everybody's looking for a loophole. Everybody's looking for an advantage. And people will get creative when it comes to this stuff. Competition makes people creative uh, and makes it so they figure out ways to um, take advantage of whatever the system is. And as uh, Jacobo Cat mentioned, it's a it's a messed up system right now. It's just, you know, you, you're trying to regulate something that just has so many tentacles that it's really hard. I mean, how are you going to uh, police um, nefarious activity, so to speak? We'll call it that. And uh, it's just it's too hard. Uh, the schools don't really have, uh, you know, um for lack of a better term, uh, an organization in the athletic department, an arm of the athletic department that can fully keep an eye on everything that's going on. So, and then you have these um, collectives that I think the Iowa collective, the Swarm collective does a good job working with the coaches, but it doesn't have a great relationship with the athletic department. So who knows what goes on there in terms of, you know, targeting prospects, how much money to give, where's the money coming from? Do we have enough money? What do we need? Um, all of that stuff is is really um, not well-defined, right? It's kind of flying by the seat of your pants. It's just really a mess for the most part, and but it is what it is. I know I hate, I don't like using that term, but this is where we are. So you just, as Fran, Fran kind of got on his soapbox last week, complained about the state of NIL, but then qualified his statement by saying, there's nothing we can do about it. We have to operate within whatever the system is. And that's what Iowa has to do. And it got Ben Crick. It's trying to get BJ Mack. It's got other guys on the radar. And you just you do the best you can, just like in recruiting, to build the best roster. Um, and it's a it's a moving target. This thing is going to continue to develop and evolve over time. And we'll see if there's any type of regulations and rules that can be enforced. But right now, there there aren't many. Um, but I get what you're saying, Jacoba Cat. If you know, if if college athletes were employees and were moving towards that direction. I don't know how, you know, I don't know what the exact ramifications of that would be other than, you know, obviously uh, it's a whole different uh, organization and, and hierarchy and, and formation if the, the student athletes are employees, but we'll see if it ever gets to that. Plenty of warning signs, folks, um, that the NCAA had, but uh, complete denial. Um, Kevin Melkert, uh, Kevin Melkert uh, at KMelkert91. This is also from Sunday. What odds do you give Iowa to land the state's top recruit in 24 from Logan Magnolia? That is offensive lineman Grant Bricks and I don't like Iowa's chances here, Kevin. Um, that is a Western, more of a Western Iowa. Um, not more of it, it's a it's a town that's not close to Iowa. I'm not sure that Grant has connections to Iowa. Um, I think Iowa has a chance, but I think it's going to be uh, a tough road to hoe. Um, I know 247 lists his favorites as Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Penn State. I probably would make Nebraska the favorite here. Um, that's just complete speculation on my part. I don't have any inside information from Grant uh, on Grant. But, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of offers, and uh, he visited here recently. I think Iowa's in the picture. I would not say Iowa is the favorite, and I'm not sure what type of odds I would put on it. Uh, if you look at him having four favorites according to 247, maybe 25%, but it's probably a little bit less than that. Um, but Iowa does have a uh, 
does have obviously a history with producing and putting offensive linemen into the NFL. He is the number seven offensive tackle nationally, according to the 247 composite. So obviously a huge get. You would, if he goes elsewhere, then you would have lost, um, two top 10 offensive tackles in consecutive, nationally in consecutive classes in Caden Proctor and Grant Bricks. So, uh, important for Iowa to close this one. Not sure it will. Uh, let's see here. Let's get back in. You know what? Let me do a read. Let's hear from a sponsor. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org, sui.org for Systems Unlimited. Thank you so much for their support and the great work that they do in our community. Let's hear from a few more of our sponsors, and we'll be back with more of your questions on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit Five Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at arisaic.com. And we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. Thank you to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. A couple of, what do I want to call it? Um, Let's call it... uh, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Imagine that. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Sorry about that. That's kind of, that's my brain at almost 56 years old. Got a birthday coming up in June. We'll turn 56 here. So getting closer to social security. I don't know if there'll be anything in there by the time I reach it, (laughs) but, uh, we got Kevin's question last. We got a couple here from 44 M less at 44 M less on Twitter. These are from 20 hours ago. Hi, Rob. Would it surprise you if Xavier Wampaw made first-team All-Big Ten this year, despite this being his first year starting? Also, do you think he will be playing special teams this year, too? It's a good question on both, Les. Um, I think certainly I'm going to plead a little bit of ignorance here. I haven't dug into who is coming back in the league at his position, um, so I'm not sure. Um, first team is pretty difficult. Um, there are a lot of really good defensive backs in this league. He has some on his, his own team. And I don't recall if they break up big 10 into cornerback and safety or just defensive back. Um, but he certainly has the potential. Um, we saw it, you know, in the music city bowl, uh, we saw his, uh, work on special teams, I think there's a chance he may appear on a special teams or two special team or two. I don't think you want to overwork him though. If he's an every down strong safety, uh, that's a physically demanding position. Um, and you don't want to put more, you know, wear on the tread of his, his tires, so to speak, by having him play special teams. But Iowa is also very dedicated to special teams. So it will play, it will play its best players. Um, if things are equal, It'll play a guy who's not a starter. If there's a guy that can give you roughly equal what Xavier can give you on special teams, they'll go with the guy who's not an every down player. But if he's so far and away the best guy at a given spot on special teams, he'll see himself on the field. So time will tell on that. Time will tell on both of those less. Um, I'm going to say the odds of him being first team all Big Ten are not great, um, but I don't want to sell him short either. The potential is there. Um, you just wonder sometimes if he'll be overshadowed on this defense with Cooper DeGene, defensive lineman, some of the play at linebacker, you know, Nick Jackson coming in, Higgins. Uh, you've got Jamari Harris coming back. Uh, Quinn Schulte's a really good safety. So, you know, sometimes you get – Sometimes those guys um, uh, 
spread out the vote, so to speak. So it's tough for one guy. They kind of eat, eat into each other's vote. So that's something I would look at. But he's got to go out there and do it, too, for a full season. I'm sure he'll be tested early and often this season. And uh, I have confidence he'll be able to come through. Uh, 44M less, a second question. Uh, this one, I really enjoy watching Logan Lee play and was wondering what you think he needs to do to improve his draft stock. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was recruited as a tight end. And could he take the Parker Hesse route in the pros if he can't land a spot at defensive tackle? Potentially different body type than Parker. Parker was a DN. Logan's a D tackle. Um, both really good athletes. Um, I think Parker probably could have played linebacker. Uh, Logan Lee certainly could have played tight end. I thought he might be a defensive end. I think that athleticism at defensive tackle with his size, though, gives him an opportunity and gives him potential to play in the league. What does he need to do? He needs to be more consistent, uh, needs to be more consistent as a pass rusher, getting off blocks more consistently. You see flashes of an NFL player there. There's no doubt in my mind. He just needs to do it on a consistent down-in, down-out basis this year. Good depth at defensive tackle less, which will allow him to stay fresh and go balls out, all out every play when he's on the field. That should help. He's got experience next to him and Noah Shannon, uh, who is also trying to uh, put – film together for NFL scouts and, and improve his stock. So um, I think Logan Lee certainly has a chance at the next level. And uh, we forget sometimes that these guys get better year to year. And I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Great kid, just a super kid, um, really uh, inquisitive, not only in football, but in life. He's married now. Um, he's a neat guy. Uh, I, I certainly encourage people that – get a chance to listen to him and or even get a chance to meet him, you know, through the the Swarm Collective. Uh, you'll enjoy your time with Logan. Good guy. Um, but definitely NFL potential. And I would say it probably comes down to having that consistency and improving his pass rush. Uh, Alan H. McMini, McMini. M-A-C-M-I-N-E-Y on Twitter. Will Iowa football benefit at all if the East-West divisions are dissolved in 2024? I'm hoping this will actually be a positive change, not being lumped into what is considered the bad division, and Iowa seems to hold its own regarding TV ratings and NFL talent. It's a good question, Alan. Um, I think just on the surface, you would. I think people would say it's not Good that the, you know, if the, if the divisions are dissolved in the Big Ten for Iowa, uh, and other schools in the West, cause now you're competing with, oh, excuse me, Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State for top two, uh, to get into the Big Ten championship game, whereas you just have to win the West to get to the Big Ten championship game and have your shot at the at winning a Big Ten championship, now you've got to, you know, you've got to finish in the top two and then win um in Indianapolis. But you make some interesting points here. Um and I think one thing to keep in mind as well is the college football playoff should expand, will expand. What that looks like and how they come up with the teams and what the breakdown is in terms of bids per league. Um, you would think the top, if it's a 12 team playoff, you would think that the top two teams in the Big Ten have a pretty good chance to make it in. So if you get in the Big Ten championship game, you probably have a chance to do that. But I think there could be three teams in there from the Big Ten in certain years if it's a strong enough conference and that could help Iowa. You know, you finish top three, get a couple of big wins. I think the hardest thing is going to be the scheduling um, because, uh, you know, a committee that's selecting the college football playoff is going to look at your schedule. Now, if you're an Iowa team that finishes third, but you didn't have to play Ohio State, USC, and for sake of argument, Penn State, but you did play Michigan, you played one of the four, what would be considered the four top programs in the conference. 
um, that's going to be weighed against you. So I think a lot to be figured out there, Alan. Um, I don't know if I if I am um, committed to saying one way or the other if it's better or worse. I would tend to lean towards it's better for Iowa to have divisions win the West, get to Indy, and take your shot. Uh, we saw in 2015, Iowa did that and came within a whisker of winning against Michigan State and making the uh, college football playoff. So I think that's an easier path, but I also want to see how it plays out, what the scheduling look, looks like when there aren't any divisions, uh, you know, strength of schedule, things like that. Uh, how that plays into it, but it could benefit Iowa. But I just on the surface of what I know right now, I would probably lean towards divisions being better for Iowa in terms of reaching uh, a height that you know it's it's maximum, its highest potential in a given season. A uh, couple here from Justin Borman uh, is BJ Mack or is it BJ Mack or bust for Iowa men's basketball in the transfer portal? I wouldn't say that. Um, he is on campus now, as we talked about. I think I have another BJ Mack question here. I do. I'll wait on answering that. Um, uh, Evan Bruns, who played at Iowa City West and has been at Belmont, is in the transfer portal. He's a guy to keep an eye on. I think uh, he's kind of he's on Iowa's board. Um, he's going to be behind some of the guys they've bring, brought in so far for official visits, some of which have gone to other places or not made it to campus, guys that they were involved with. So uh, I think B.J. Mack is certainly number one on the board, and that's where most of the eggs are in terms of baskets. But that doesn't mean it's B.J. Mack or bust. Fran is a very good recruiter. I think it's an underrated part of – what he does, an identifier of talent. And I think he's probably got a list of guys beyond BJ Mack that he may take a shot at, uh, but he's going to wait. He's not going to upset the apple cart while BJ Mack is here. He wants BJ Mack to know that he is the number one guy on the board and that's who they're going to invest in and who they're going to make a focal point if he does choose Iowa. Um, now, he's got a you know, Iowa has to deal with some some talent, uh, talented and and strong programs from the SEC, which is more uh, uh, where he's from. But the fact that he gave Iowa an official visit with those other four teams leads me to believe that he is interested and intrigued by what is going on at Iowa and the possibility of him coming in here and being a focal point in this offense and for this team and improving his stock. And I'm sure Keegan and Chris Murray have not hurt that status for Iowa. Second one from Justin Borman. Does ISU have a bit a bag man for men's basketball recruiting? People are talking and they want to know. I don't know. That's part of what I was talking about earlier with the NIL. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors in the dark that we don't know about. We don't know how much money these guys are getting in NIL and, and women, you know, for, for women's basketball and other sports. We don't know. It's not public record. It's not, a you know, they don't make it public. Hey, I got such and such. We heard it with uh, the pack kid that ended up going to Miami this past year, Miami for men's basketball. But, um, and that was a million or something like that. And we've heard some numbers thrown around for Cade McNamara from, from what Iowa gave up, but none of it is concrete. The schools don't really want to announce it. The, the players don't really want to, Hey, I got such and such. Maybe that changes down the road. And, and, uh, there's, you know, the, the, those, those figures get released to us. So we have an idea of, who's investing in what, but yeah, Iowa state, Iowa state does well on the transfer portal. It does well with high school basketball recruiting from a, from a ranking standpoint, it usually dwarfs Iowa or at least is better than Iowa in terms of rankings from a recruiting standpoint in men's basketball. Again, Fran is very good at identifying talent and that helps him overcome that to a degree. But again, I was going to have to invest in men's basketball when it comes to the swarm collective. I think it did with Ben Crick 
will it in, with BJ Mack, will it be enough? Um, and Fran talked about this again last week that, you know, guys, most guys will let you know, Hey, NIL is what, how important, where NIL ranks in importance for a given recruit. Is it winning basketball games? Is it exposure for the pros? Is it, you know, just NIL? I want to get the, whoever offers me the most money is where I'm going to go. Um, there are certainly people that are like that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're, if we were in that position ourselves, we would have our own list of uh, priorities, right? So that's something to keep an eye on. I don't know what's going on at ISU. I don't know Iowa State and the inner workings. Um, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure the fan bases in I and Iowa and Iowa State have their own opinions of what is going on and why guys are going to Iowa state, but Iowa state's historically recruited pretty well. And I'm sure uh, it has investors, let's say in its NIL, it's the we collective right at Iowa state. We are, no, it's not, we are, maybe that's Penn state, but I think it's, I think it's the we collective, the swarm collective at Iowa, the we collective at Iowa state, and uh, these are just in the infancy, infancy stages of where these these things may go. So good to keep an eye on. I don't know of a bag man at Iowa State, but I certainly would not be shocked if there were was a bag man, a bag woman, or bag people at Iowa State that help in the collective. And really, everybody has the bag folks, right? That's kind of what, you know – happened with get Iowa football in the transfer portal. It had to give out money. It, it There are donors now giving money to these collectives that go directly to the student athletes. It's a new day. It's a new age. It's for the better for the sport, I believe as well. All right. Uh, let's hop out and take another break here, here from a few more of our sponsors. And I've got three more questions queued up here in the queue from Justin Frerichs, Clint Harms, and Kyle Bolin, and we will be back on the other side of this break to get into those questions from those three gentlemen. Hang in there. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. And we're back. Thank you to our sponsors. Really appreciate their support of the podcast. Wanted to mention Ariza Asian Cuisine uh, down on the, it's in the area of Highway 1 and Highway 6 in Iowa City by Village Inn down there. Most of you will know where that is um, in the area of town. They are a sponsor of this podcast. You've heard their ad on this podcast. If you go in there and mention this podcast, the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag, Hawkeye, Hawk Fanatic Hotspot Podcast. Uh, just mention Hawk Fanatic uh, Podcast. Go in there, say, hey, I heard on the Hawk Fanatic Podcast your ad. And if you do that, you get 10% off your order at Ariza. So great deal for them. Really good food. Uh, eat in, take out, delivery, all that good stuff. They do it all. Ariza Asian Cuisine in Iowa City. Mention Hawk Fanatic Podcast, 10% off your bill. Great deal. Uh, wanted to thank all of our other sponsors as well. Uh, good time for the PSA here. The folks that have asked questions today have complied. Hashtag HF mail. Anytime between now and the next time I record, I will go back where I left off with questions from the previous week. And then the following Tuesday, we'll pick up. So, if you have a question, don't remember on Monday nights or Tuesday mornings to send one my way, but have something at a different point during the week, whenever you may be listening to this podcast, 
Hashtag HF now, shoot questions, comments my way, and I will get to them where I left off on the previous podcast and pick up with your questions and comments. So there you go. Justin Frericks at JJF27 on Twitter. Curious which schools BJ Mack had already visited before his Iowa visit and which schools he is planning to visit. If the over-under were 50%, which would you pick that Iowa women add a true five from the transfer portal? Good questions, Justin. Uh, according to On3, and I have these written down because it was um, it was uh, out on Twitter, so it has to be true, right? Um, but <laughs> when he named his top five, which was LSU, Alabama, Iowa, South Carolina, Arkansas – uh, he, there was also an announcement of um, when he would be officially visiting. He's scheduled to vis- officially visit all those schools. Uh, he uh, officially visited LSU on the 7th. He was at Alabama on the 14th. He is now at Iowa yesterday and today. He is scheduled to go to South Carolina on April the 21st and then finish things up with an official to Arkansas on April 29th. We'll see if he makes all of those visits um, and uh, how things shake out there. But if he does do that, we're looking at the end of uh, the month before we find out if he uh, sticks with his plan to visit all five of his finalists. So that's that. Uh, Let me get back here. What was your second question? Oh, on the true five for the women. Uh, I will say over 50%. um, And I'm going to base that just on uh, the women's basketball success, what it has coming back, Caitlin Clark factor. Um, Iowa is an attractive destination uh, for a top flight center uh, in the transfer portal. Now, what we just mentioned, um, there are schools that are going to pay a lot. Women's basketball is uh, on the rise. And with that, we're seeing more NIL investment. And Iowa needs to be competitive with women's basketball as well. And according to reports, Brad Heinrich, the the CEO of uh, the Swarm Collective, has said great response to the women's basketball Final Four run and uh, good support coming into the Swarm Collective. You can, I believe, somebody uh, tweeted this at me uh, when we were doing the Hotspot podcast because Scott and I didn't know. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, Those are Thursday mornings for the most part uh, on the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast. But um, I, I believe, according to the Twitter response if you make a thousand dollar donation to the swarm collective or more you can earmark where you want your money to go so if you are a thousand dollars above you can say i want my money to go to women's basketball or football or men's basketball i don't believe that wrestling is a part of the swarm collective i'm not sure why that is maybe they do their own thing in terms of uh, revenue, but I would think that NIL is going to be important in wrestling as well, um, uh, especially with with women's wrestling coming up uh, and and starting going to compete uh, this next year. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. But that's it may come down to being able to put a little money in somebody's pocket as well as letting them know they can be the replacement for Monica Sonano. Um, it may take more than, hey, you get to play with Caitlin Clark and uh, replace Monica Sonano. Well, yeah, I can do that, but such and such school is order, offering me 100K. What can you guys do? And I was going to be have to be able to re- uh, react to that. Um, and it sounds like it's in position to do that with the Swarm, and time will tell. And again, we won't know. We, for the most part, we probably won't know how much that is a factor, if at all, in NIL. Thank you for the questions. Good ones, Justin. Clint Harms, another frequent contributor to the podcast, as as most of the folks are that 
checked in today, and he is at Until Game on Twitter. We're always doing Mount Rushmore for players. What about coaches? Who do you have? If Lisa Bluter isn't on it yet, how close is she? She has to be knocking on the door. Yeah, I think you start with Dan Gable. Um, I mean, probably at least it, unless uh, Kale Sanderson builds a big, you know, a longer dynasty at Penn State. Um, you, I mean, again, Dan Gable's considered the the greatest college wrestling coach of all time, so he needs to be on Iowa's coaching Mount Rushmore. I would also put Hayden Fry on there. Those two are the no-brainers for me. Um, Hayden, what he was able to do for Iowa football and in the state as well. Uh, you know, his support of farmers. Uh, he took a downtrodden program that was in the toilet for 20 years and revived it. Really hard to do and did it for 20 years at a high level once he got it going. Um, I think he's... And, and just the personality and the contributions and, you know, what he gave back and how much, how beloved he was. I would definitely say you start at, with Gable, then Hayden is on there as well. And then after that is probably when you get some debate. I think Vivian Stringer is certainly in that debate. I think Lisa Bluter is in that debate. Kirk Ferentz is in that debate. Um Basque, men's basketball wise, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure there's a you know a guy, a, a coach that stands out there that would maybe um, rise above what some of the others have done. Uh, there's just not one. I mean, Fran has had a good career. Tom Davis has had a good career. Lute Olson, last Final Four. Uh, Bucky O'Connor. There's just, you know, there's a lot of good coaches. I'm not sure any of those guys, George Raveling, I'm not sure any of those guys would be on the Mount Rushmore. I might go, this may sound a little crazy. Um, I think Gail Blevins is somebody that would might be on there. Uh, Beth Beglin from field hockey. I'm thinking of women's sports. Um Rick Heller's done a really good job with Iowa baseball. Dwayne Banks has a field named after him. Um, I think all of those are in the conversation. I think if you're forcing me to pick today, though, Clint, I might go Gable, Fry, Bluter, Vivian. I may put two women's basketball coaches on there. Um, they both coach their teams to Final Fours. Um you know, I, football hasn't done that in terms of making the college football playoff or um, – but I, I certainly think you, you it's probably in that mix between Ferentz, Bluter, Vivian. I think those are probably the three that you would put in there. Um, but, yeah, it's a good question. I'd be interested to hear what some of yours are. So if you want to hit me with that on Twitter – uh, hit me with it. Hit me with your Mount Rushmore of coaches. I'm going, I'm going to go, um, Gable, Fry, Bluter, Stringer. Those are, that's mine. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you guys will have other opinions. Kyle at Kyle Bolin on Twitter. Uh, this is the last one we have in the queue because of pay in the professional league. Should athletes in the realm of Caitlin Clark and Spencer Lee enter the transfer portal every year? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, I guess it's based, it would probably be based on your satisfaction with your current position, Kyle. I need a coffee sip for this one. And I don't think you actually need to be, put your name in the portal to be um, recruited, um, enticed. I mean, there's nobody keeping, there's nothing keeping somebody from another, a representative of another college from reaching out to somebody who's connected to Caitlin Clark and say, hey, if she wants to come here, we got $5 million a year for her. You know, does Iowa counter that? Um, is that, is it worth it for her to do that? Um, 
she's making a lot of coin right now. I don't I don't have a guess with how much it is, but when you're sponsored by Nike and High V and some of the other sponsorships she has, she's not making five thousand dollars from those those people. You know, she's making serious money and she also has a brand here in Iowa, so that would factor in as well. Um so I'm not sure that that would be the right approach to go into the portal every year. Um, I think you could still market yourself. You've already marketed yourself enough for other uh, suitors to put out there what it might be able to give you. I don't know if it would be a good look to go into the portal every year. I just think there's something about that. There's there's kind of a stigma what goes with going into the portal as well. Um that's that I'm seeing form now of greed, um, you know, uh just lack of loyalty, things like that that I think come with that that could hurt your brand. So I think that's what the drawback would be from going into the portal every year. Economically, it might be the the sound decision, but I'm not sure. Um, if you wouldn't, if your um, income wouldn't be dinged by negative views and feedback of being in the portal, if that makes any sense. Um, so I see your point, Kyle, as that possibly being uh, an option for these guys. Uh, but I think overall, when especially when you're the status of Caitlin Clark and Spencer Lee, part of your brand is is the school you're at. Um, you would be going in there just for straight money purposes. And I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for doing that, but I think there are other factors, as I mentioned, just in terms of the look and the feedback you would get. So I think that's it, folks. Let me do one more Quick uh, search here to make sure I didn't miss anybody. I have not got everybody in there. Appreciate everybody's questions this week and every week. Again, hashtag HF mail anytime during the week. Shoot it my way on Twitter. And uh, I'll go back where I left off this previous week, which today was Kyle Boland's question uh, about um, Going into the transfer portal, uh, I will pick up there next week and we'll be off and running with your questions and comments. So thank you so much for your participation today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Have a great rest of your week. I will be back on Thursday or Friday this week with Scott Dockerman on the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast. Until, until then, be well. Peace.